0: Aloha and welcome back everyone to multifamily live. Today we have a special guest actually a special guest presentation we have decided to release again we are releasing just snippets of our latest event multifamily live. In this presentation Chad King dives deep and lets you know how he systematized how he learned and how he scaled up from zero, yes, that was zero units of in multifamily to 500 units in less than 18 months. Chad gives it all. Listen in. This episode is not to be missed. Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kili Yerusi, and I'm Jason Yerusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full
1: potential as a multifamily real estate investor,
0: so you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time.
1: Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive right in. Jason, I mean, he covered so much content; it was incredible. Over the past over the past three days, like I hope you guys have just been soaking this stuff in, all the way from deal sourcing uh, to underwriting. I mean, it's just been it's been incredible stuff. And Jason was just Jason was just absolutely riffing today. Uh, he was heavy content on the presentation. And you know, when I when I came out uh, the first day of the event, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna save you know my journey until you know the end." And I want to share with you guys, I, I dove right into, you know, building the team and then sourcing deals and then underwriting. And I wanted to share my journey here at the end because uh, I, I have a feeling I may resonate with, with some of you guys um, that, that may, they may be stuck in that, that education and that analysis phase. Um, and they may be a, a little overwhelmed in these three days, like we've talked about some big deals, some some eight million dollar deals, some ten million dollar deals, some ninety four units, some hundred and twenty units. Like we've been we talking a lot about big deals, and um, you know I, I spent over eighteen months in the education and study phase. Like I was taking like minimal action while I was flipping and wholesaling houses. I was in this study and education phase of multifamily, and. I was taking minimal action. I was, I was looking at some deals. I was sort of walking some properties, but I, I wasn't really pushing really, really hard like I am now in the space. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and I was downloading all those free PDFs. You guys, you know, when you enter in your email and you get the free PDF on, you know, the, you get, you guys, you guys know those. And some of you guys may be in that education phase, but I wasn't all in and. First, first of all, it wasn't until I invested in a coach and I actually made the investment that my level of commitment changed um, and I really said, you know what? I'm 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 gonna burn the boats. I'm done. I'm going all in. I'm the single-family and wholesale transactional land. Um, it can't be the end game for me. Like I have to make this commitment. But I was scared. Um, you know, it's the, the the multifamily world. It, it can be. You know, if you if you looked at that building your team presentation and the, and the cost segregation attorneys, and it can be a little daunting. Um, I I can tell you guys now, looking back on it, it's. It's it's not scary at all, and you guys all have the capability to do it. What one man can do, another can do. So you have that capability, um, but once I made that investment and I really committed, right? Four months after that, I closed my first multifamily deal. Okay, it was a little fourteen unit. I'll tell you about it here in a second. But what I want you guys to understand is this domino effect and this snowball effect. So I, I closed my first deal after i really got committed 4 months after i just i was in that education that analysis phase analysis paralysis and then i closed that first deal and then 2 months later i closed my next deal and then 3 months later i closed my next deal and then i've been consistently closing a multifamily property every quarter for about the last 6 or 7 quarters so it's been one property every single quarter since then because it's just been this domino effect and this activity has just sort of compounded right and I, I'm naturally, I'm, I'm honestly, guys, I'm a pr- pretty risk-averse person. I don't know if I'm talking to some of you in the crowd right now, but I'm, I am I am naturally pretty risk-averse. I do take risks, but they're very calculated. I'm a numbers guy. I have to trust the numbers. I'm a logical decision maker. Anybody else, like, a very logical decision maker, sort of risk-averse, like, it's got to make sense? I'm seeing a lot of hands. Like, I, if I'm talking your language, like, it's got to make sense, guys. It's got to make sense on paper. The numbers got to make sense. And I don't make decisions emotionally, so... Uh, But what I also do is I look at money as a tool. So I am a risk averse person, but I understand that money is a tool and money is a currency that is meant to flow. And I will always, always invest cash into things that I believe will pay me a return. Let me talk about those things. What do I invest in, right? First thing I always invest in is me. This is the first thing I put money into. It has the greatest ROI, hands down, First thing I invest in is me, it's my education, it's my wellness. I, you have to make yourself more valuable to the marketplace so then you can go out and command more money and command more income. So first thing I always invest in is me, the second thing I invest in is my businesses and then the third thing I invest in is hard assets, in that order. Me, my businesses and hard assets that then pay me money, okay? And you know, I, I know this presentation is it's not about money, it's about my journey in multis but I, f- I want you guys to understand my mindset when it comes to this, this paper, Right, this paper you guys, this is, this is fake. This paper, you guys are all carrying it around. It's not real. There's nothing to it, it's fake guys. This is worthless and it becomes worthless the longer it sits in your pocket. It becomes worth less the longer it sits in your bank account. I don't have any money in a checking or a savings account right now because it's worthless. I wanna take this money and I wanna spend this money now for things that will pay me more money and grow in value and appreciate and that are hard assets. So if I invest in me, I become more valuable, then I'm going to take that money that I earn and I'm going to go and buy something that I can see, touch, feel, and that I understand and that I know is going to produce income and that I know is going to be there regardless of whether this lasts or not, okay? So, and not to mention, it's becoming worth less and less the more they print and they're printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Like We're not going to go into an economics class here, but guys, this is just basic math, basic 101, okay? So... Let me get a sip of water here. So, you need to go trade this money. You need to go trade it for hard assets. And then, what's beautiful is when you put that money into hard assets, the money likes to multiply. So, the money likes to make babies, money likes to work for you. It's the best employee ever 24 7. It works 24 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That money does not take a vacation. Benjamin Franklin does not need a break. He just keeps on working. Okay? So, That was my spiel on money. I I get super fired up about it because you have to change that mindset and and get out of that like hoarder mindset. Like I gotta gotta have a safety net. You you don't want cash in the bank, guys. Go out and and buy assets that that produce income. When I, I, I go out and I make money, first thing you gotta be able to do is make it. Then you gotta figure out how to keep it. And then you gotta figure out how to multiply it. But don't keep it too long. You get caught in the keep game. That's a comfort zone you need to stay out of, okay? So figure out how to make it, figure out how to keep it. Once you figure out how to keep enough of it, go deploy it, figure out how to get it to multiply for you. For that, we use multifamily real estate. It's the absolute best asset class in the world, hands down. I believe in it far and above any other asset to multiply your capital, to preserve your capital. Jason talks about the three pillars. It's the best in the world, okay? So my systematic journey in multifamily real estate, I was flipping and wholesaling houses. I was making a lot of this fake paper. I was like, making a lot of it, right? Making a lot of fake paper, but I had to figure out what to do with it. So here was my journey. And before I get into my first few deals, I wanna tell you guys you can absolutely get into the larger stuff. Like you can start with a 94 unit like Jason and Peely. You could start with a large syndication and get into a 150 unit. You can absolutely do that. That is very possible. You're only limited by the mindset you have, but I will also give you guys some, I wanna give you guys some, uh, you, you can also, Being a risk-averse person like myself, I had some limiting beliefs like myself. You can also start in the smaller stuff and find your wins in the smaller stuff and gain momentum to get to the bigger stuff too. If those $10 million deals are a little daunting and you wanna start with a $500,000 deal or a $750,000 deal or a 14 unit, that's okay. As long as you're going forward, the worst thing you can do is not move forward at all. Like inaction is, is, is not acceptable at all. I don't care if it's a quad. I don't care if it's an eight, a six. As long as you're moving forward, you're good, okay? So I started with a little bit of the smaller stuff to start gaining confidence and learn the process of these buildings and then I scaled from there. So again, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna repeat it. I don't wanna sound like a broken record but looking back, you don't have to do it that way but if you're a risk averse person like me and you're a little uncomfortable raising two and a half million dollars and signing on a debt for an $8 million loan and you wanna start with a smaller one, let's do it. Let's, let's rock and roll. Okay, my first deal was a 14 unit. I still own it today, okay? I have, re, I have refinanced, it was $784,000 was the purchase price. I bought it with two partners, okay? We each, put, 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 we each split the down payment, 33, 33, 33. Uh, we've refinanced that building twice. This last time we pulled out $160,000 of tax-free money on that building. It's appreciated uh, a tremendous amount. It spits off about $4,000 a month in income, net, net, net income. And that's, that's why you don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait, right? Because I bought that building a while ago and I've now refied it twice and it's spitting off great cash. I'm gonna give that building to my daughter one day. Okay, I'm holding that thing. I love that little building. Now, and we also did a cost segregation study like Boomer taught you. And saved over, we've already saved over $250,000 of dollar-for-dollar dollar tax write-offs on that building, too. So not only is it spitting off $4,000 of passive income every month for us, not only do we pull out $160,000 above what we put into it of tax-free money because that's loan proceeds. So that's loan proceeds, so it's tax-free. Don't have to pay taxes on that. We've also got over two hundred fifty thousand dollars of dollar for dollar depreciation uh, against our taxes. So my next deal. Oh, by the way, I may have some time at the end. So if you guys want to drop some, if you guys want to drop some uh, questions in the chat, if I have some time at the end, I'll try and get to some questions as I go through my story. If you have questions about my deals, uh, feel free. My next deal was a twenty-one unit. Okay, we entered the deal at thirty-three thousand a door. Like, so I got the 14 unit. I got a little confidence. I said, I'm going to go a little bigger. I'm going to do a 21 unit. 21 unit, entered at 33 a door, put 5K a door into it. We exited at 53 a door. Uh, we, we, we got a number we couldn't refuse. We netted about $300,000. Uh, we repositioned that building, but it wasn't without struggles, right? I, that was the building that I shared with you guys where we fired two property managers, contractor walked off the job. I learned a lot of lessons, but my confidence grew. I did that deal and my confidence grew. I said, okay, I could do a twenty-one. What if I could do a what if I could do a bigger one, twice the size? I did a forty-nine unit. My next deal was a forty-nine unit. Okay, we did a syndic. I, now I stepped into syndication land. It was a two-point-five million-dollar purchase price, so it was not a crazy big. We raised eight hundred thousand dollars. We paid fifty-three thousand a door. Forty-nine units. It was over in Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? And we did that. I did that syndication with Bill. Like I said, we raised 800, did a 506B. I was like, okay. I got the lay of the land, figured out the syndication attorneys, figured out that next one and said, all right, I did a 49. What's next? 65 units was next. You see how I'm scaling up? Guys, 65 units was next. Louisville, Kentucky. I partnered with Jason and Peely on that deal. We did a syndication. It was $2.2 million. We raised 850 with CapEx. My confidence grew. I was like, okay, what's next? Next was that 93 unit that we did. That 93 unit, $8.3 million, right? We raised two and a half, but I had the confidence from all those other syndications, those two syndications previously that were successful that we could now do this one, okay? And along that journey, I was also investing on the LP. So you can also invest on the LP of other people's, other trusted syndicators deals to get that experience as well. So when I sell you my journey was zero to 500, like I have over 250 units on the LP, that I'm, I'm gaining passive income from the LP investments as well as my GP that I'm, I'm, I'm out working to find and acquire these properties as well. So um, listen, that, that's my, that, that was my journey so far, right? That, that's, that's how I've acquired some of these properties, very systematic growth. And you don't have to do it that way, but I'm giving you guys permission. If you guys feel like you, know, you wanna do a 14 or you wanna do a 10 to get started or a 12 or a 21 or a 24 or a 32, you can start there. It's okay. You don't have to start at a 10 million, all right? Um, so like in my journey, it's been full of ups and downs, good, good days, bad days, you know, calls from property managers, contractors. It's, it's all that stuff, right? I've had those days where you just feel like you didn't move the needle. I've had the days where you wake up and you just, you don't want to go into that office and make the cold calls and underwrite the deals. And, and guys, I have some news for you because in this line of work in entrepreneurship in multifamily real estate, right a lot of those days where you just don't feel like doing it are going to be more prevalent than the days where you wake up super motivated to go put in the work and make the cold calls and call the brokers and underwrite the deals but if you can learn to learn to push through and do the things that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them over time you will be successful hands down 100% that's the formula figure out how to do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them train that muscle And you will be successful. It's only a matter of time. And I've said time a couple times here, guys. You guys remember this timer? Like, this was my thing. Where's that timer at? Somebody took my timer. You guys remember that little timer? Hold it up if you guys got that timer near you. Like, that's my piece. I want it in there. Like, Bill was like, yo, what should we add to this box, right? And I said, get that time in there. That thing is important, right? We put that timer in there because it's a symbol. I put that thing on my desk. There's There's my timers. Thank you, guys, who's got those timers up. Like, keep that on your desk, guys. And look at that clock, because it's ticking. It's ticking, guys. You got one shot. You got one shot, and I keep a timer on my desk all the time, because every time I look at it, I'm like, this thing is ticking. Whether you flip the sand over, and the sand's trickling down or not, it's always trickling down on you. That thing's coming for all of us. Death and taxes, the two certainties of life, right? That, that clock is ticking. So you need, the best time to invest in real estate was yesterday. The second best time is today. You guys got to get into this game. The knowledge that we just dropped at this conference, it's coming to an end now, but the knowledge that we just got in this conference, do not let it sit in that notebook and not take any action, all right? Go forward and make a decision. The best decision you can make is the right decision, the second best decision you can make is the wrong decision, and the worst decision you can make is no decision at all. So make a decision, because the worst decision you can make is to not make one, okay, I know my presentation wasn't about mindset. I actually didn't even have any of this stuff up on the slide. I just, I get fired up about this, guys. I'm not really the mindset guy, but I just wanna come in here and instill that in you guys. Um, I want you guys to look at money as a tool, money as a currency that's meant to flow. You need to use it. Go out and use it. Use it to become more valuable. Invest in yourself first and then invest in hard assets. And um, what's gonna be your legacy, guys? We got the pen in there. Like you're writing your own legacy, you're writing your own story, and keep an eye on that clock. And I wanted to share with you guys my journey because I wanted, I know that we had some questions about people that are like, oh, $10 million, it's, you know, it's okay to start smaller, right? I'm going to go over to the chat here. I'm going to go over to the uh, the chat. If you had some questions about any of my deals, like I'm an open book on some of the deals, what's your take on the housing bubble? Eat those frogs. Why are these questions different than these? Oh, a bunch of questions on this side. Sorry. How do you, yeah, what? When searching for your target market, what's the recommended household income? So, when searching for your target market, what's the recommended household income? Uh, I prefer forty 000, north of forty thousand for a household income. North of fifty thousand is nice. Because you you want somebody to be able to afford your rental rate, so if it 's less than forty thousand i 'm worried that they 're not going to be able to afford my you know seven eight nine hundred dollar rental rate. The other thing that I keep an eye on is median house home price, so in addition to household income i 'm keeping an eye on median home price because i don 't want somebody to, to go be able to get a mortgage for cheaper than what they could pay me in rent so if if the houses in the area are like fifty sixty seventy thousand dollars right their their mortgage is going to be. Four or five, six hundred bucks, and that's cheaper than what I want to be able to rent my apartments for. So keep an eye on the median home price. Give this man some water, he's on fire. I get fired up if I'm getting a little red. It's because I'm passionate. I'm fired up about this life thing and real estate, multifamily. What types of mail pieces do you use for that type of contact? So we're using different types of mail pieces to be creative um, with these sellers. So we're not doing like postcards and stuff, we're doing some nice letters with some nice copy, and we're using some different types of mail pieces like that. Uh, how did you learn your negotiations and sales skills? Great question, Raymond. Uh, so I read a lot of books. Uh, I worked for Xerox. I sold copiers door to door for uh, three years out of college so my My sales and negotiate they do they have a phenomenal sales training uh, so like when you guys hear me negotiate, I do a lot of negotiations live. Um, Like, I I love that, the sales and negotiation side of this business. Bill said, you know, I'm one of the best that he's ever seen, and I'd like to think that's true. It's because I've put in a lot of work. I've done a lot of reps. I've talked to thousands and thousands of sellers. I've talked to thousands of buyers when I was selling copiers at Xerox. I mean, I was just door-knocking buildings, and just uh, that's what I did. So... Uh, they had a phenomenal sales training program. I've read a lot of books. Some of my favorite sales books, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, sales EQ by Jeb Blunt. Anything Jeb Blunt writes, I'm gonna read. He's got Virtual, sailing, virtual Selling Sales EQ. He's also got Fanatical Prospecting as a great sales book. Um, flip the Script by Orrin Claff. Any book by Orrin Claff, Flip the Script, and um, Pitch Anything are two great sales books by Oren Klaff. Um, so everything came from a book. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't create any proprietary sales language or anything like that. I just studied what other people do. Um, lost connection. What was the first deal? Fourteen unit. Okay. Second deal. How did I find the partners for my first and second deal? So uh, I found the partner for my first deal. It was it was just a friend of mine that I knew that was interested in the same stuff that I was interested in. So I asked him if he was be willing to go into this deal with me and split and split the down payment of the deal. So uh, that was just networking. I met him actually trying to wholesale a house, and that's how I met him, and we, we kept in touch. It, it's relationships. We talk a lot about relationships, so that's how it started, um, and then my 21-unit, Bill and I went 50-50 on my 21-unit, uh, that 21-unit deal, uh, Bill and I went 50-50 on that deal, and it was our own money. We didn't do a syndication, like, uh, what did we put? We put, like, each, we each put 100000 into it. Somewhere around Yeah, eight, yeah we each put, like, 100000 down, and then we made we made 300 on that one, um, how, do you find, how did you find the deals? So I did. The day one was sourcing deals. All of those deals, most of them came off market, direct to seller. Uh, if you go back to day one, I did a whole thing on deal sourcing. That's how I found the deals. So um, I think that was, that was the last question that was over in that chat. I appreciate you guys so much. It was so great to see you guys again. Thank you so much for having me out here and listening to my journey. I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you very much.
0: That was everything. If you feel like you can take the same type of journey that Chad took, if you need that map, if you want to find that treasure like Chad did, get wealthy like Chad did, help more people like Chad does, then join us over at www7 Figure figuremultifamilycom Again, that website is www.7figuremultifamily.com. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe. That would mean the world to us. Again, that website is 7figuremultifamily.com. If you need that family, if you need that mastermind, if you want that outrageous growth, then come and join us. Have an amazing day. So much aloha. Aloha.